Welcome to the Athena Rising Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Whitby, and I'm so excited that you're here. Athena Rising is dedicated to helping women break the self-destructive patterns we have either created ourselves or inherited from all the women who came before us. It's time to heal and release these age-old habits and come into a new way of living. Join me for tactical strategies, helpful information, and guests who have amazing stories to share. Let's get started. This is an episode that I have thought about since I dreamt up this podcast. I think it is so important for women to talk about self-care. This is such a buzzword right now. It seems like almost everyone is talking about self-care. And I don't know if you have watched um, Queer Eye on Netflix, not Queer Eye for the Straight Guy that was on Bravo, but the new season, um, or should I say the new seasons, because I believe there's multiple on Netflix at this point. Um, But Jonathan Van Ness always comes to mind (laughs) when I think of self-care. He is the hairstylist on this show. If you're not familiar with the premise, so um, there is a man or woman, sexual orientation does not matter, but um, they are struggling in some area of their life and five homosexual men come in and kind of help to revamp this person's life. So the five of them have different qualities that they come in and help with. One deals with interior design. Another one deals with culture and interacting with others. Um, Another is in charge of food and someone else is in charge of fashion. And then Jonathan Van Ness is the hairstylist and the self-care expert. He is so unapologetically himself that (laughs) there's just no way I couldn't love him. He was my favorite from the first episode Um, I know a lot of people give him feedback and say that he's too much, he's over the top, but I just love that he is unapologetically who he is. Um, So he talks a lot about self-care and um, on the show, it's all about, you know, like face masks and brushing your teeth. (laughs) Honestly, he does. He gets electric toothbrushes for people and um, water pick flosses and that kind of thing. Um, And I think that the majority of people, when they think of the words self-care, they do. They think of a bubble bath, a face mask, um, getting a haircut, having your nails done. They might even think of exercise or yoga. Um, And these are all wonderful practices and they are self-care. I totally think that they are. But I also think that there's so much more to self-care and I think there's a much deeper level that I want to touch on today. And so I will be going over what I think are five unexpected self-care practices. But before I get into that, I kind of want to talk about self-care in a more general sense um, a little bit. And what I want to mention is that I believe that self-care comes down to intention. So truly, you could argue that anything that you do for yourself intentionally is self-care. Because when you are taking care of yourself, you are acting with an intention. You are valuing yourself. Um, You understand that 
the care and keeping of you, your body, your mind, and your soul is not just going to happen. Someone else is not going to do it for you, unfortunately. (laughs) I mean, I wish someone would come in my house and tell me to go lay down for an hour and rest and do a face mask or meditate or whatever. Um, but they don't. And so it has to be a very intentional practice. And it's something that you have to prioritize in your schedule. All that being said, you might not think that you're taking care of yourself very well right now. Um, but I'm going to challenge you to look at some things from a different perspective. Because you might realize that you are taking care of yourself well every single day. Um, but you also just might need to tweak some of your practices and to change your thinking and intention around them. And I want to help you do that. I want to kind of show you what that looks like. Okay, so five unexpected self-care practices. Here we go with number one. Number one is being honest with others about your feelings. Now, there's a huge difference here between being brutally honest and speaking your honesty with love. It is so important to look inside yourself and name your emotions, identify them. You have to really know what you're feeling in the moment and understand why. So sometimes if you're feeling a challenging emotion, it really helps to pause and say, what is this? If I had to name this feeling, what would it be? Is it frustration? Is it anxiety? Is it fear? Is it anger? All of those challenging emotions are telling us something. So when I worked in schools as a counselor, I actually had um, a list of emotions that I kept on the wall of my office. And when I worked with younger children during an internship that I did in elementary school, I actually had a picture of faces. And so the kids could point to the face and tell me how they were feeling, or if they were old enough to read and understand emotions a little bit better, they could tell me how they were feeling from the list. And so it's not a bad idea, honestly, to Google that and to print one out and put it in your house somewhere. Because sometimes when we're feeling those emotions, we don't even know where to start. We become blinded by how we're feeling. And so to pause for a minute and look at a list of adjectives that would describe how you're feeling right now is such a good way to kind of ground yourself and bring you back to where you are. And if you have children, having a chart with the faces showing different emotions is a great way to have your kids begin to express to you how they're feeling. In fact, you know what? I This is something I really should do myself as I'm thinking it out loud. I really could use this with my kids. And so I will, um, I will find these sheets that I've used in my practice and I will put them up as PDFs on my website. I will definitely do that. Um, It's a resource that I need. It's a resource that you need for yourself um, and or for your family and children. So that is something I'm going to do. I'm making a mental note right now to do that as soon as I finish recording this episode. It's such a good way to really help identify your feelings. So once you've done that, you need to think about what you need and you need to ask for it. So the words that you use are super important here. Um, They should be centered around helping the person that you're with understand your side of things with an end goal being one that benefits both of you. So an example from my life, 
um, you know, I love to do these and I think it, it's probably helpful to see it in action, what I'm talking about. So for me right now, at this point in my life, probably the thing that will ramp up my emotions and frustrate me the most is motherhood. And I'm just being very honest with you right now. I love my children with all that I am, but it is one of the most challenging things I've ever done. And if you're a parent, I think you know that. And um, I have stayed home for almost six years. We are coming up on, uh, let's see, two weeks away from six years, my six-year anniversary of staying home. And um, while I love it so much, I know when I reach my breaking point, I know when I am burnt out, tired, frustrated, just at the end of my rope, little people demand a lot from us. Um, Whether you are a mother or a father, a caretaker, maybe not even of children, maybe you work in a profession where you help others. Um, I don't even care if you don't help others. If you, if you're around other people, you're going to feel this way. (laughs) So let's just call it what it is and just say that we all get to that point. And so when I reach that level of knowing that I am done and I'm about to lash out or say something or do something that I will regret, that's the moment when I have to turn to my husband and ask for help. It has taken me a really long time to feel okay with doing this. There was a part of me early on in motherhood that felt like you should be able to handle your children at all times. This is you know, what you were built to do. This is what you wanted to do. You wanted to have kids. And so to get frustrated seems counterbalancing. And I would really kind of beat myself up for that. But over time, I have come to realize that a very important piece of self-care is being honest about how you feel and naming what you need. So a pro tip here, something that I really want you to remember about this one is to never do this when emotions are super heated. If you need to take a time out, just a moment alone to think through your emotions, then do that and have a conversation with the person that is upsetting you once you are calm. This is especially important for parents. Um, I find that when I am calm and I have calmed down from... (laughs) whatever emotion I'm feeling, I can communicate so much better with my children than if I'm trying to force myself to calm down in the moment. I need a breather and then I can come back and I can be who I need to be and handle things the way they should be handled in a kind and loving way. And so just make sure that when anger, jealousy, resentment, or even honestly, the use of substances is involved in a frustrating situation. Um, Just know that those are all signs that this is not the right time to be having a conversation about it. You need to take a break, gather and collect yourself, allow the other person to do the same, and then come back once you both have a clear mind and talk to them with an open heart. Okay. Number two is making time for socializing specifically with people who build you up. If you were to make a list right now of the five people who fill you up the most, who would they be? I want you to kind of think about that. Who are the five people in your life 
who, after you've been with them, you are a better person for knowing them. You feel energized, you feel fulfilled, you feel happy, you feel at peace. You feel like you have the stamina to go back into the world. So what I want you to do is to create focused intention on spending the majority of your social time with these people. Maybe not just five people. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how big your social circle is, (laughs) including family and friends, but I want you to focus on the people who really build you up. It is so important to spend time with people who make you feel seen and heard. So for me, once again, at this moment in my life, I don't have a ton of time to socialize with friends being a mom of little ones. But when I do make plans, I really try to get together with people who I connect with. And just being super honest here, it's usually people who are in a similar position in life as me and who have similar beliefs. Those are the people that there's a cross section there of just total understanding of one another that is so helpful. And believe me, I feel filled up and fulfilled by people who are different from me also. But I know when I need to feel reassured and comforted, it's usually people who are most like me. So I want you to think about who those people are for you and to get a couple things on your calendar with them so that you can feel recharged. Number three is having boundaries around people who challenge you. So this is sort of the opposite of the last one. And, you know, sadly, we can't always just be with people who make us feel amazing. I mean, I wish, um, but then in my personal belief, there would be no point to life. I think that we are here to be with others, to love others, and to learn from others. And you're not going to learn or grow unless you're challenged. So I think we all have at least, (laughs) at least one person in our lives who we can't avoid that challenge us. Maybe they're family, maybe they're coworkers, they could even be a neighbor, someone that you have to interact with on a pretty regular, if not daily basis, who challenges you. So my point here is not to build up boundaries in an effort to avoid them. My point is actually the opposite. It's to be around them just in an intentioned and controlled way. So self-care, you know, sometimes does mean doing things that are hard for us. Um, because we want to grow and mold ourselves into better people. Remaining stagnant in our lives is not doing anyone, including ourselves, any favors. So being around those who challenge us, who show us what we need to heal within ourselves is absolutely a form of self-care. Now, here's the important part. You have to know yourself well enough to realize when you're drained overwhelmed or frustrated around these people and you have to be willing to say no entirely or to cut a visit short when you realize that you're nearing your max capacity. So this piece is really about knowing yourself and combining that with seeing a challenge as an opportunity to grow and being willing to take it. So for me, in my example, um, Like all of you, I definitely have people who challenge me that I am around on a regular basis. And 
while I'm never chomping at the bit to be in a social situation with them, I do find that I am much more calm and fluid in the moment when I prepare myself ahead of time. So if I know I'm going to be around them, I tend to think about what they do that pushes my buttons. I come up with a plan for how to respond and I know myself well enough to know what it's reflecting in me. The unfortunate thing is that the things that we don't like in others are usually a reflection of something we don't like about ourselves. And so I try to remind myself of that before I go into a situation with someone who challenges me to remember that they're just reflecting back to me what I need to heal. And thinking of it that way takes the sting out a little bit and takes away the victim mentality that we can often have when we're around people who drive us absolutely nuts or make us mad. (laughs) Afterward, though, you have to also self-reflect. So there's a lot of reflecting around challenging people in the beginning and at the end. And at the end, you go back and look over the events and determine what annoyed you or frustrated you or challenged you. And ask yourself what this annoyance reflects to you about yourself. What could you work on in the meantime between visits with this person that could help you to grow and heal yourself? So all this being said, I am not referring to relationships that are destructive, dangerous, or unhealthy. That is not what I'm talking about. And by all means, in situations like that, I fully support and encourage you in cutting off ties in those situations. And trust me, I've done that as well. There are people in my life that have hurt me and are just not someone that I can even be around. It's not healthy for me. And so I've worked on healing myself from a distance. And, you know, I'm sure you've seen that quote out there that um, forgiveness doesn't always require an apology that sometimes you have to work on forgiving someone, even if you know you're never going to get that, I'm sorry. So, ooh, this one kind of went off the deep end a little bit, <laughs> went way further than I thought it was going to. I hope that's helpful. Um, number four is taking inventory of your life. So here again, this definitely piggybacks on number three. Self-reflection is a major form of self-care deciding where your difficulties lie, what needs to change, and where you are struggling is so incredibly important. If you haven't already downloaded my healing workbook part one, I suggest that you do that because it gives you a structure and a framework for reflecting back on your life. In in a recent sense, there will be another workbook that comes where we'll kind of delve into your past, but this helps you to see where you are right now your strengths, your weaknesses, and seeing yourself as a whole being. Doing this reflection is huge in the way of self-care. You can't take care of yourself. You can't heal things if you don't know what hurts or drains you. And so that self-awareness piece is supremely important. Likewise, on the flip side, um, my healing workbook part one also asks you to look at your strengths and to acknowledge them. Because part of self-care is also knowing what we do well and how far that we've come. You have to acknowledge your strengths as well. So for me, um, this self-reflection is, at this point in my life, 
um, almost built into who I am. I am not going to claim that I am totally self-aware all the time. I have absolutely needed others in my life to help me see things clearly um, and to recognize what I'm doing. But because I have a background in psychology and counseling, it's been built into my coursework. Um, The first psychology course that I took in 2002 asked me to look pretty deeply at myself, and I really haven't stopped since. So I think if you build this into your routine and just make self-reflection a part of your routine and your self-care practices, you are going to learn and grow so much. And the last one, my absolute favorite, number five is doing the laundry, the dishes, vacuuming, grocery shopping, (laughs) eating well, exercising, the list goes on and on. That is number five. Those day-to-day chores, they certainly aren't grand actions of self-care, but trust me, they are self-care. And if you can see that you are being taken care of, even if it's by yourself, then I believe you will totally recognize the value in those tasks and they will become much less painful to complete. This is something that is so hard for me. And it's one that I have struggled with for years. Um, Every single day, I get so overwhelmed by the sheer amount of daily chores that we have to do. And when I start to feel overwhelmed about them, I usually tend to shut down. I don't want to do them. And I find an excuse to procrastinate. I'm not a procrastinator in any other area of my life, really except for the mundane chores that we have to do. So I've really been challenging myself for the last couple of years to dig deep into these seemingly endless and pointless activities to try to find a deeper value and a meaning for their purpose in my life. And that deeper meaning and purpose, I would actually say is gratitude. If you can be thankful that you have a house to clean, or food in your refrigerator that needs to be cooked, or clothes that need to be washed, that puts so much value into those mundane tasks. Gratitude here is the ultimate self-care practice, in my opinion, and elevating these day-to-day chores helps us find meaning in every single corner of our life, which is a beautiful gift. So I hope these five unusual self-care habits have inspired you to maybe think about your day-to-day chores or interactions with others in another way. If you can frame them from the point of taking care of yourself, the challenges of our lives will be much easier to swallow. I have gotten so much kind feedback from my second episode where I discuss five things that I want you to know about healing and also the healing meditation at the end. Um, I have had several requests for more meditations and I am going to give that to you now. So to let you know what's coming up, this meditation is going to focus on self-care and the way we're going to do that is I'm going to give you some affirmations and then allow you some time to repeat that affirmation to yourself, either in your mind or out loud. 
Um, either one is going to be effective, but I will tell you that if you're able to say it out loud, speaking words has such an impact on bringing that truth back to you. And so if you're in a place where you're alone and you can speak this out loud, even if it's a whisper, I think that that will just even further imprint this into your heart and your mind. Once again, if you are driving, I just would ask that you pause the episode here and come back to it at a time when you are ready. Find a comfortable chair or lie on a bed on your back. Place your arms softly by your sides. Close your eyes and begin to feel the weight of your body on whatever you might be lying or sitting on. Feel yourself sinking, releasing tension. Ready to let go of anything that might be holding you back right now. Let go of anything that you're carrying with you anything that might have happened earlier today, just allow that to go. This is 10 minutes for you to be with yourself, to clear yourself of any challenging energy that you might be holding on to, and to step into a place of self-care. Let's begin by taking a deep breath. Inhale through the nose, hold it for a moment at the top, and then exhale through your mouth. Let it all go. Let's take a second breath in through the mouth, holding again at the top, and releasing through the mouth. One last breath. Inhale as deeply as you possibly can, filling every corner of your lungs with life-giving oxygen. And hold it there for a moment. And now exhale, empty every corner of your lungs. Release everything that you're holding. Completely empty your chest. Allow your breathing to settle back into a rhythm that feels effortless. Don't worry about controlling it. Just simply allow it to move with your body. And now imagine a cord that stretches from the bottom of your spine down through the chair or the piece of furniture that you're lying on. Imagine it breaking through the crust of the earth, through crystals and earth and stone. Imagine this cord traveling all the way to the center of the earth. And feel it now collecting that energy, the energy of the earth, the energy that sustains us as a human race. And feel that energy coming back up through the cord slowly traveling back through all of those layers of the earth, making its way back to you. 
Feel that energy entering at the base of your spine, filling your legs, down through your calves, and into your ankles and feet. Feel it moving up through your torso, filling your chest and lungs, coming up now through your shoulders, down your arms, and into your wrists and hands. Feel the energy moving up now through your throat. And in through the front of your face, filling your ears, your forehead, and finally coming to the crown of your head. And at this moment, at the crown of your head, imagine light coming down. This is divine light that is filling you with knowledge, with understanding, and with unparalleled peace. Feel this light filling the top of your head, moving down over your forehead, filling your face, moving down your neck and shoulders, filling your chest, and down through your arms, into your wrists and hands. Filling now your torso, your hips, and your legs. Moving down through the calves, the ankles, and the feet. Feel now that you are fully encompassed in the life-giving energy of the earth, as well as the life-giving energy of the divine, that your human body and your soul are in sync. And in this balanced moment, you are ready to receive and repeat these affirmations. I will read a sentence to you now and I want you to fully hear each and every word as I speak them. And then I want you to repeat, either in your mind or out loud, the words that have been spoken. Allow each of these words and phrases to penetrate into your heart, into your soul, and into your mind so that you might move forward in a more balanced and more loving state of self-care. I am honest with others about my needs. I am able to share my emotions in a loving way. 
I help others to see my perspective using kind words. I am open to receiving others' perspectives. I spend time with friends and family who nourish me on a soul level. I welcome those who challenge me to help mold me into the person I want to become. I am able to recognize when I have had enough time with those who challenge me. I spend time self-reflecting and restoring myself to balance after spending time with those who challenge me. I make time for self-reflection in order to clearly see my challenges and strengths. I see the value in the day-to-day tasks of life. I realize that the day-to-day tasks of life are actions of self-love. I intentionally make time for self-care. Now take a moment to rest with these affirmations. Take a few moments of silence to think about them, to go back to those that resonated with you the most, and allow them to fully imprint themselves on your heart and your mind.
begin to wiggle your fingers and toes gently. Allow yourself to slowly come back to the room that you're in. And when you feel ready, open your eyes and look around you and feel gratitude for this moment and this place that you're in. Thank you so much for listening today. My vision is to form a community where women can feel supported in following and creating their dreams. You can start by visiting my website at athenarisingpodcast.com. There you'll find episodes, show notes, workbooks for purchase, and more. You can also join my Facebook group called the Athena Rising Podcast Community, as well as find me on Facebook and Instagram under the handle Athena Rising Podcast. Or you can even call 828-635-9565 and leave me a voicemail. Don't forget to subscribe here so that you won't miss any of the amazing things that are about to happen. If you're as excited about this podcast as I am, I would love for you to rate and review it, then share it with your friends. A big thank you goes out to purpleplanet.com for the beautiful music called Vital Signs. See you next time.